Welcome to Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you, and enjoy today's service. We want to say another big welcome to everybody watching online, those of you here in the room. It is our one combined service. This is our Sayonara Summer Sunday. This is our week that we get to say goodbye to the, well, the unofficial end of summer. Got a couple of weeks um, till the official end for the Northerners, and then we've got until late October. But anyway, that's okay. We're getting closer, right? We're getting closer. We're nearer than when we first believed. Anyway, we begin a brand new theme this month called Help Wanted. Everywhere you go, the Bible says God confirms his word with signs. So I finally got, I said, well, that's interesting. Help wanted. So we're going to talk about it this month. Beginning in Genesis 1 and then Luke chapter 19 is where we're going to begin today for our text. And it's going to be a wonderful month, I promise you that. Genesis 1 verse 27 says this. So God, pardon me, created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. I, I better stop there. I don't want to say Z, Zay, or they, or them, or whatever. But anyway, then God blessed them and said, God said to them. So in God's blessing, he says something. When the king of the universe says something, it's not a, just a command, it's an empowerment. Okay? So God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the sea, over the birds of the air, over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, see, I've given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of the earth, and every tree whose fruit yields seed, to you it shall be for food. Okay, so God blesses them, commands them to be fruitful, and then points out he's given them the resources to do it called seed. It's a connection. And... Verse 29 is connected to verse 28. And, conjunction, junction, what's your function? You connect two sentences, two thoughts. So these are connected. So when God says, I want you to see, you've got seed, it's the key to dominion. Okay? Genesis 2, 15 from the Amplified says this, and the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to tend and guard and keep it. And finally, Luke 19, in the conclusion of Jesus' meal with Zacchaeus. I don't know if you ever heard of Zacchaeus, but he was a wee little man. Wee little man. Three people went to Sunday school with me. Luke 19, 11 says, Now as they heard these things, this conversation, Jesus finishes with, The Son of Man has come to seek and to save the lost. He's blowing people's minds. Now as they heard these things, Jesus spoke another parable because he was near Jerusalem and because they thought by what he said that the kingdom of God would appear immediately. What's happening, Lord? When's your kingdom? When's the kingdom happening? What about the kingdom? What about the kingdom? So therefore, he said, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. So he called 10 of his servants, delivered to them 10 minas and said to them, do business till I come. Other translations say, invest till I come, trade till I come, put your money to work till I come, or the word, my favorite word, occupy until I come. Let's pray together one more time. Father God, we open our hearts to you. We always want to sit at your feet and hear your holy word. Thank you, Lord, for the atmosphere of faith in the place and that you're ministering to people right where they are in whatever condition they're in. Your word never fails. Your word is like rain coming from the earth, rain coming from heaven and hitting our snow coming down, and it will never return to you in heaven void. It will always accomplish the purpose for which it was sent. So let your word accomplish its purpose today in us, to us, and through us, in Jesus' name, amen. 
Amen. This month, our theme is Help Wanted. We're going to talk about seeing our jobs as kingdom callings. Seeing our work life as kingdom calling, kingdom purpose. You know, America was born with an inclination for hard work, wasn't it? The Puritan work ethic is a famous thing. You can look it up online. It was part of the Christian contribution to the American spirit even 300 years ago. There was an entrepreneurial heart in people that came looking for freedom, looking to worship God freely. And they wanted in that to worship him, not just on Sundays, but they saw that their jobs, their careers, their callings in the workplace, in the marketplace, were a, a big part of their worship. They actually saw it as part of worship. That if you're a worshiper, you're a servant, and you utilize your gifts, talents, and abilities to serve the greater good and the greater community. Well, the pinnacle of the Industrial Revolution, the 1800s, the average American worked 12-hour days, mostly seven days a week, with no time off, just to eke out a living. The agricultural economy of the 1700s was giving way to manufacturing, where some states allowed children as young as five or six years old to work long and hard hours for very little pay in mills, factories, even coal mines. Things that are dangerous work for an adult, nearly impossible for kids, but they were doing it. Now, I want to say here, if my kids want my grandkids to get jobs, you better go easy on them because Papa's watching. As workers grouped together in the 1800s into trade unions, the original intent was not about greed. The original intent was not about trying to get something for nothing. The original intent was they wanted relief. They wanted fairness, breaks, sanitary bathrooms, livable wages. And on September 5th, 1882, 10,000 workers in New York City took a strike day, an unpaid time off their jobs and marched from City Hall to Union Square to celebrate the American worker. It was, became the very first Labor Day parade. The idea spread through the industrial centers around the USA. An annual working man's holiday, they said. What about the first Monday of September being set aside to honor workers and work? Labor Day was born. It spread first just as a grassroots movement. And after a few scandals and situations in Chicago uh, that were very, very difficult, it was officially signed into law by President Grover Cleveland on June 28, 1894. So it took years, several years to get it in. I want you to know as we talk about labor and honor tomorrow, you know, tomorrow, listen, Monday when I was growing up, Labor Day Monday was all about the Jerry Lewis telethon. When I was growing up, today nobody even knows who Jerry Lewis was. But understand that it's a, it's a day set aside to honor hard work. And I want you to know at the outset, as we lay the foundation this week, just kind of give you an overview. Work was God's idea. Work was God's idea, and it was good. Even before the fall of man into sin and the proclamation of working by the sweat of your bow, which happened after sin entered the world, God said to the man, now, through the sweat of your brow, you shall work. But work wasn't always designed to, to be just blood, sweat, and tears. It was designed to be an outflow of purpose, kingdom purpose. And may I say, kingdom influence. In fact, sin entered the world because Adam did not do his job. That's why I read from the Amplified. Because God set man in the garden in perfection and told him what? Tend, keep, guard. Guard your garden, Adam. From what? How about snakes trying to talk to your wife? 
Let's pause on that thought for a moment. The Song of Solomon says that your spouse is your garden. Are you guarding your garden at home? Too many men are sleepwalking through life, paying little attention to the influences on ourselves and our families. My friend, if you will not have a conversation with your wife and listen to her heart, there are snakes who will. So let that sit there for a moment. Tend, keep, guard. We're supposed to have a couples weekend this month because of the spike in things. We're trying to be very careful, but we will reschedule that. But I'm gonna talk about some stuff anyway. If you don't take time to listen to your spouse, and let me just say, this is, this is not just an indictment on men, especially in this hour. It works both ways. If you will not take the time to listen to each other's heart and to take breaks from all that's going on in the world and all that's going on on TV and on the news and everything else, the enemy will be there. Every time God sows the word, Jesus said in the parable of the sower, the birds of the air come try to eat the seed. Immediately. So you need to guard these things. Guard. You are the guard of your family. Communication is an area that must be developed in every aspect of life. And may I say, even excellent speakers at work may be lousy communicators at home. Okay, that's the end of my rant. Here's the truth. Many problems happen because of failure to simply do your job. You may remember Pastor Lindsay preached a word in May while we were gone on our sabbatical called do your job. The job of the children of Israel back in Deuteronomy chapter one, God said this in verse eight, see, I've set the land before you, go in and possess the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give to them and their descendants after them. Go in, possess the land. It sounds an awful lot like dominion. Genesis chapter one. <clears throat> in the God's original intent for man, go in, possess the land. Influence it. Cultivate it. Tend, keep, guard, isn't it interesting that we call the area of your profession your field? Your field. What, what field are you in? Well, gosh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm out in a poppy field. I mean, I'm out in a willow field. I, what, I mean, what field? But it, we've taken those agricultural terms of the ancient world and they still appear in our world today. What kind of field are you in? The Bible says you have influence in your field. And wherever the soles of your feet shall walk in that field shall be yours. You're not there as the tail, but you're there as the head. Not to be the boss or the Lord necessarily, but to be an influence. You're the head, not the tail. You're above only, not beneath, because of the Lord your God. Go in and possess the land. I have a word for you that are going to work. Some of you have to work tomorrow anyway, and I'm so sorry for that. But uh, Tuesday, here's the word of the Lord for you. Go in and possess your land. Go in and possess your, it's a mindset. It's not just, it's not about dominating. Dominion is about going in, knowing. You ever seen somebody that walked in and you say, no, well, that guy. Who do you think he is? He just walks around like he owns the place. The fact of the matter is, your father does own the place you live and own the place you work. 
And if he owns the cattle on a thousand hills, why aren't you walking around with at least a little bit more confidence? How about that? Not pride, not arrogance, but why aren't you carrying yourself? Put your shoulders up. Good posture. Go in and possess your field. Why? Because God gave it to you. He gave you favor. He gave you the ability. He even gave you the job. Oh, and, and here's a little reminder. There was a moment in time probably where you applied for that job. Meaning in the past, you showed up at a place and took a piece of paper, wrote out a resume, had an interview and impressed somebody enough and then you waited by the phone. That used to be something hanging on your wall. Sorry, it's ancient history here, but I'm trying to re get this in. Listen, there was a time, here's the point. There was a time when you were just waiting for that phone to ring. Said, man, if I can just get this job. If I can just get this job. We're, man, what an opportunity. And then about three weeks in, you got the job and you're like, what's wrong? I gotta go to work. I gotta go to work. <laughs> it's true, isn't it? Go in and possess the land which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. Now the word possess there in Deuteronomy 1 and throughout Joshua, Deuteronomy, all the, all the Old Testament areas, the Hebrew word for possess is the word yaresh, Y-A-R-E-S-H. Yaresh, it means, listen, to occupy by driving out previous tenants, to inherit, or to dispossess. Now, dispossess is not a word that we use very often, but I've become a Premier League soccer fan the last couple of years, and they use it all the time. When, when in Premier League soccer, when a guy gets and he steals the ball from another guy, he, is, he has dispossessed that ball. He's taken it away. Well, that's one of the meanings of possess or yaresh, occupied by driving out the previous tenants, inherit or dispossess. Occupy is the same word Jesus uses in the New Testament in the parable of the talents and other places. Occupy. Occupy till I come. Remember when Jesus ascended to heaven, Acts chapter one, and he told him, look, go away from the promise of the father. No, they're, what are they talking about? When's the promise of your coming? When's the kingdom coming? They're having all this conversation again, just like in the text I showed you in Luke 19. When's the kingdom coming? When are you returning? What's going on? Jesus said, it's not for you to know the times and seasons, but wait for the promise of the father. Because when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you shall be filled or endued with wonder-working power. Amen. And you shall take that power as witnesses for Jesus, witnesses for the Lord, everywhere you go, from Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost parts of the earth. You are gonna carry that power wherever you go. And then he's caught up and they watch him rise to heaven. And the Bible says they're standing there and an angel comes to them and says, "Ho, oh, hey, did you hear what he said? Go testify. First go wait for the promise of the father and then go take the land. Go possess it, go, go influence it, go do what your purpose was. You're sitting there gazing into heaven right now. I mean, today we got people just gazing into heaven. And we got a job to do. In fact, the Bible says the clearest sign of the coming of Jesus, the second coming of Jesus is Matthew 24, 14. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness and then the end will come. We've got work to do, friends. We got work to do. We got work to do here. We got work to do on your job. We got work to do around the earth. Isn't it interesting the word occupy 
or the word occupation is used both for both your job and your kingdom responsibility to influence the world around you for good and for God. <clears throat> where, where you go, it's not only your field, it's your occupation. What are you doing when you go there? You're occupying. You are driving out the evil and bringing in the goodness of God. Everywhere you go, you're occupying. Are you awake today? Are you getting it? This is why you're a teacher. This is why you're a student. This is why you work at a factory or you mow lawns. This is why. It's not just for a paycheck. It's not. I submit to you that working your calling, working your job is what keeps you on track. In fact, King David's own failure that we all know about, the sin with Bathsheba, occurred because he didn't go to work. I can prove it to you from Scripture. 2 Samuel 11.1. 1. Now it happened in the spring of the year, the time when kings go out to battle. What do kings do in the spring of the year in Bible times? They go out to battle. So what did David do? But that David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel, and they destroyed the people of Ammon and besieged Rabbah. But David remained at Jerusalem. Then, conjunction, junction, what's your function? It happened one evening. What happened? Scandal. The problem. You could have any woman legally built a harem. His own son Solomon was the wisest man that ever lived until he married 700 wives and had 300 mistresses. And he began to take on their spirit. A thousand women. Doesn't sound too smart to me. That's, and that's, he didn't finish well. He started well, he didn't finish well. So, in the time when the spring of the earth, the time when kings go out to battle, <clears throat> David stayed home. David refused to report for duty, and he was king. Listen, he, he was a warrior. I'm not saying he was afraid of anything. I'm just saying he got tired. It's okay to be tired. But understand, you better know when it's time to rest and when it's time to work. Because if you don't get the work-life balance, if your work is too much and you become a workaholic, it's as bad as any other addiction. Because you get all your self-esteem from work. And then you have a problem because your home life and your work life become separated. Now there's one of you that's working and thriving and feeling good, and then at home, maybe you're not happy. That's when people come to talk to pastors about, well, we've grown apart. Well, we, we, we just kind of, we don't love each other anymore. Really? How did that happen? You fell out of love, did you? No, we just, we, we grew apart. Yeah, that can happen with anybody. You grow apart. <clears throat> Why? Because even at life, you have to work. Even at marriage, you have to work. You have to work your marriage. It is part of tending your garden, taking care of your responsibilities. Amen? Remember the old saying, idle hands are the devil's workshop? That's what happened to David. The whole scandal started because he didn't go to work when he was supposed to go to work. This month, we're going to deal with one of the hot topics of the moment, conquering in the workplace. The fact is you are created for fruitfulness. Now, let's get real. If they didn't pay you to work, you probably wouldn't do it, right? But as a Christ follower, one of my questions this month is this. Should that be our primary motivation to show up every week? or every day? Should money be our main motivation? I know it's there. I know it's a motivation. I know you have to feed your family. But I also know that the word of God discerns the motives of our hearts. 
be fruitful. Let me ask you a question. Doesn't it feel good when you come home from having worked a real, like when you've worked a hard day and you've accomplished something, don't you feel good? Why is that? Why do you feel better when you've worked a solid day than when you're sitting on your behind all day? When you should have been working. I'm not talking about rest here. We all need rest, okay? I'm saying, everything I'm saying this month, please hear me with balance, okay? But why does it feel so good? Why? Because it was, it's part of your created purpose as a human being. Before the fall, you were given purpose in Adam. God cares about where you work. He cares about what you do, where you work, how you work, and how you feel about it. John, John 15, verse 5, Jesus said this, I'm the vine, you're the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. The word abide there means to dwell, remain, or persist. Let, let, let me just camp on that for a second. Why do some people find a job or a career and stick there for five years, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years. And other people go from job to job to job to job to job. I submit to you that a part of it is, a part of the key to long-term fruitfulness is simply abiding, persisting, or sticking through and remaining in the hard moments when you wanna quit. I've been your pastor here for 31 years. Plan to go another as long as God will have me. But let me tell you something. It hasn't always been easy. Now, to be your particular pastor, it's been easy. To be you, as an individual, <clears throat> pastoring you has been a joy and the thrill of my heart. I want you to know, I feel honored, privileged for you. It's the other people. In my mind, I have quit this job a few times. I remember one of the hardest times, and my wife has been working with me the whole time she just didn't get paid for a long time. <laughs> it was, we were a package deal. Until one of our board members said in the mid-90s, uh, excuse me, if she doesn't get paid, I'm out. I'm like, excuse me? Yeah, you're not a package deal. This is something you need to take care of her too. <coughs> Praise God. But there were times in our hardest moments during the Great Recession, especially 2008, 2009, where we lay in bed and comfort each other and I just say, honey, I wish I could fire you. And she'd say, say it again. I love it. I love when you talk to me and you say it. I said, I wish I could fire you. Oh, say it again. She'd rub her hands through my hair. That's pretty close to the truth. I'm not, that's a slight exaggeration, but not much. There's only one problem in ministry. It's a calling, not a job. And so you can't really quit. <laughs> but it doesn't mean it's easy. Right, Stewarts? <laughs> right, Alan Shelley? <laughs> I'm telling you, it's not easy. But if you'd begin to look at your job in the same way I look at ministry, you would understand you have a ministry on your job. And it is a calling. And you can't just bolt every time it gets hard. 
or you know, you know, I told you years ago. Um, uh, some people are, you know, ADHD. Uh, I, I've I've always been defined as, uh, you know, ADOS, attention deficit. Oh, shiny. <laughs> you know, the next thing comes along. A lot of times we just want to jump. The reward of fruitfulness is in the occupation, the abiding, the dwelling, the, re, the being the, the remnant, the remainder, the persistent one. Verse eight, John 15, I'm still there. By this, my father is glorified that you may bear much fruit so you'll be my disciples. So after you abide and remain through those tough moments, and let me say this, in, in marriage, it's the same. In marriage, the reward is on the other side of that last argument. The reward is on the other side of the hard times. And there are some hard times when you can't fire your wife. Anyway. Word fruitful means producing good or helpful results. Productive, here, I love this part, or adding value. Are you adding value where you work or are you breathing the air, taking the space, going through the motions and expecting a paycheck? Because that's, that's the issue to me. Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, take dominion. The first thing, listen, in the law of first mention, that means fruitfulness is the, is the object, is the main thing. The other things are the byproduct of the fruitfulness. Fruitfulness is accomplishing. <clears throat> are you producing good or helpful results, being productive or adding value? Listen, where do you get your fruit at Publix? The produce department. Are you producing anything? The Bible says, let your light so shine before men that they might see your good works, good attitude, good generosity, good cheerful disposition when everybody else is bummed out that you're there two minutes early and stay two minutes late, not just the person that runs in five minutes late and runs out five minutes early. Like you do at church. Mm, excuse me, did I, did I say that out loud? I'm sorry. Not you, the other people. God wants you to, can I say something else right here? Did anybody join me watching college football this weekend? Wasn't it a joy to see college football back? I wasn't sure people would show up. People showed up. Every stadium was almost full, including right here in, in Gainesville. And these people, not you, but these people are there high-fiving, spitting, hugging, Strangers, just like two years ago, it's like we're back to the future. And they're there. Now listen, I'm not afraid to go to the game. I don't know, I don't know if I'm gonna go to a game this year. I usually like the game, but I, I, like, I like flat screen 4K with AC right now, too. That's a fun experience for me. Now I'll be back at some point, but I'm not rushing to the stadium, especially when it's, 105 degrees on the first game of the season. But I just got to admit, I was kind of stunned because some of those people haven't been back to church yet. And I thought, now just as me, I just thought, wait a minute. Okay. So you're there. I hope you're having a great time. I'm not, I'm not. <clears throat> I'm not dissing anybody. I'm not disrespectful. You went, that's great, but you're also here. Or are you? <laughs> Sorry, not you, but those other people. I just think it's interesting that when you see the law of social dynamics, the people that are out there, delta variant, no delta variant, and we're... Slapping high five, I didn't, I mean, they, they didn't show the stands, everybody, 
But I didn't see too many masks. I, I mean, I'm not, a, I'm not against masks either. You wear the mask for your comfort level to protect others and yourself. I'm cool with that. Whether you're, I'm cool, vaccine, no vaccine, that's your choice. Yeah. I'm just talking about priorities. I'm just talking about how interesting it is in society that we're all going, well, I don't want to go to the grocery store. But give me that pigskin, baby. Give me that pigskin. Come on. Oh, I don't want to sing at church because I make people's spittle may, may flow. Come on! Go! End of second round. You know, preaching is very therapeutic. People don't realize it. It's actually, you can feel so good when you got to get some stuff off your chest. God wants you to achieve positive accomplishments in your life. You're not saved to simply exist in this life and hang on until heaven. Daniel eleven thirty two says, those who do wickedly against the covenant, he shall corrupt with flattery. But the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits, great achievements, great inventions, great accomplishments, great sales, great whatever your business is. When you know God, you're gonna be strong and you're gonna carry out great things everywhere you go. We want our realtors to sell lots of real estate. We believe God wants you insurance people to sell a lot of insurance. We believe that God has blessed you What's been on my heart? My wife and I were praying the other day, driving back from Orlando. We started praying for truck drivers. And I just said, you know, I got truck drivers on my heart. She said, well, I think we got more truck drivers in our, in our church now. So I didn't, I, I wasn't sure. But I, can I just stop and pray for truck drivers real quick? Just, just pray with me. Father, we just pray for all the truckers all the truck drivers, all in the trucking industry. We bless them, Father. We bless those in the trucking industry for helping our trade and our transportation of all our goods and services that we want real cheap. But Lord, we, and they clog up our roads at times, but Lord, they're, they're in trouble. They're, there are times it's dangerous, Father. We bless these truck drivers we bless the work of their hands. We bless them to accomplish, to achieve, and to be safe while they do it. We pray for all of our truck drivers in Now Church, all the Christian born-again truck drivers in our community, and all those on our roads on I-75 and going up and down 441. Lord, we just pray for all of the truck drivers that you'd give them a, a fresh sense of grace, a fresh sense of urgency in their in their calling and what they're doing to accomplish great purpose. And we ask you to bless them and surround them with a hedge of protection today and every day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give it up for truck drivers, will you? I'm almost done, I promise. No more rants. Uh, at least I haven't written any. You were born for kingdom influence. Jesus said, you're the salt of the earth, the light of the world. You're a city on the hill that can't be hidden. What do those three things have in common? They're all influencers. Salt just takes a pinch to flavor a whole pot. Light, always more powerful than darkness. You never walked in a, in a room and flipped a switch and turned on a dark. You turn on a light. In a dark place, the darker it is, somebody lights a match. It, you, you see it everywhere. 
Light is always more powerful, even in the darkness. And a city on a hill is right there on display. People can see it from everywhere. Your workplace is your mission field. Paul the apostle was a mighty preacher, but he also made tents sometimes. He was a tent maker as a job, so he wouldn't be reliant on just all the churches and that kind of thing. He later regretted it, and he said so, but he said that he did it because he wanted to have an end, and he used that time to meet people like Priscilla and Aquila that became pastors themselves, and he met them making tents. He met them on the job. We need to change our mindset about work in every generation. Nehemiah led the people of God to rebuild the protective wall of Jerusalem. And in Nehemiah 4, 6, he writes, so we built the wall. The entire wall was joined together up to half its height for the people had a mind to work. They had a mind to work. They had a heart that was in what they were doing. They weren't just going through the motions, just mailing it in. They saw what they were doing. They saw what it was doing for their city, their community, and for God's kingdom. Your job has kingdom influence, whether you realize it or not. And I want to say this to you. Even if you're retired, you still have purpose. You still have a kingdom purpose. You may retire, but you got to keep that kingdom purpose in front of you. Brother Summerall used to tell us, Lester Summerall used to tell us, that's what keeps you alive. He said, I'm not going to die till I'm dead. That's what he said. He didn't die till he was 83. <clears throat> and he kept going. He said, I'm going to preach till my last breath. And he did. Why? Because that's, what, that's why you're here. That's why you're here. Retirement we believe in refirement, finding that new purpose and, and new jets to be launched forward. Say amen. amen. The people had a mind to work. My out, times have changed. Here's my final rant. Everything is taking longer and closing early, mostly because businesses are having trouble finding workers. Somebody told me they read online that the unemployment now in America is eight point something million, but the job openings are 10 million. What's the problem? What's the problem? What's the deal? Are they scared? Risk averse? Are people waiting for perfect conditions? Because there aren't any. Perfect jobs? Aren't any. Are they waiting for more government handouts? That's another rant for later. Construction, labor, and materials. Our contractors helping with the legacy building just keeps apologizing to me. He said, I don't know if you understand. He said, right now, <clears throat> he said, you know how long it takes me to get a garage door for a house? 18 weeks. He said, you know how long it used to take me? Two hours. He said, I could call <clears throat> and have a garage door delivered in two hours. He said, now it takes 18 weeks. There are houses that are sitting all over Ocala, almost done, but no garage door. Everything is more expensive. <clears throat> Pardon me. Everything is taking longer. And most of it is because of labor. Lack of workers. Patterns reveal spiritual atmospheres. I'll close with this. Patterns reveal spiritual atmospheres. We need a breakthrough. Solomon, the wisest man that ever lived, had a lot to say about attitudes toward work. Proverbs 18, 9 from the message says, slack habits and sloppy work are as bad as vandalism. Most people wouldn't vandalize a school or an office building but the word of God equates sloppy work as a destructive force instead of a productive force like vandalism. Can you imagine? Proverbs 22, 29 from the Amplified says this. This is one of my life verses when I was in my 20s. God gave it to me when I, way before I was in ministry. Do you see a man diligent and skillful in his business? 
He will stand before kings. He will not stand before obscure men. You're going to meet people you never thought you'd meet, but you got to go to work. You're going to get in the line of what God wants to do, but you got to go to work and be diligent and skillful in growing in your business. Remember, it all goes back to the resource of seed. Genesis 8.22 says, while the earth remains, there's summer, winter, cold and heat, day and night, seed time and harvest will not cease. Proverbs 20, verse four, the New Living says this, those too lazy to plow in the right season will have no food at the harvest season. Quit blaming others for what you don't have. Quit blaming everybody else for what, you didn't get your piece of the pie. My friend, God's pie never, you take a piece of God's pie and another piece appears. We're not trying to, we're not always trying to take your stuff. <clears throat> if, if somebody else has a nice car and you have a crappy hoopty, their nice car is not keeping you from getting a nice car. You gotta trust God, believe him. Finally this, if God's people will rise up with solid work, work ethics, we will make a positive difference on the world around us. God needs us, you and me, to lean into him and get excited to excel. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word today. We ask you to bless the proclamation of your word. Father, we ask you to let the truth of your word now saturate. Would you put something fresh inside of this generation coming up? That they would see their lives as about adding value and not taking something from society. Would you help us in every generation to move in faith and strength, to change the way we see work, that we see your calling in us. Father, help us. I pray for those that are retired in our church to find fresh vision, fresh purpose, second wind, that they would see their lives as important and valuable, not just for what they used to do, but for who they are and what they do for your kingdom purpose. Lord, bless your people and bless the workers. Draw people to know you. Lord, let us be the light wherever we go and draw people to know you through us as we abide in your vine, as we persist in you and on the job. In Jesus' name, amen. Did you get something out of that today? I hope you did. I hope you got something at home. <clears throat> Listen, um, I just want to pray for you real quick and just say this. You remember in, uh, you know, when, when I was a kid in the 60s, my favorite TV show was the old Batman show. It wasn't the cartoon Batman. It was the kind of campy Adam West, Burt Ward Batman. Zonk, pow. You know, it was a, it was a really cool show for a five-year-old. That's when I saw it. When it came on, I was five. But the interesting thing is that when Commissioner Gordon needed help, he put out the bat signal. And when he put that up, he knew Batman would see it and respond. If you need prayer today, maybe in your life, maybe your marriage, maybe your job, maybe your finances, maybe you need a healing, maybe it's a job situation, maybe you're looking for a better job. There's no, no shame in that. No shame in believing for something better. But I wanna say to you, if you don't put out the bat signal, nobody reads your mind. If you don't raise your hand sometimes, and let us know and say, you know, Pastor, I, that word struck me in some things. I need prayer. I'd like some prayer. If you need prayer right now, if you're at home, you can let us know online. You don't have to do that. Just email us. Mail, M-A-I-L, at nowchurch.com. Or what's our, we have a prayer line too, don't we, Pastor Chris? What's our prayer? It's just prayer at nowchurch.com. Is that right? 
just email, okay. He doesn't know either. That's what he's, he's looking at me. I, he, <clears throat> he's looking at me like, uh, yeah, yeah. Just made up a new email address, prayer at nowchurch.com. I don't know. I'm just saying, send the bat signal. If you need help right now, would you put your hand up? I want to pray for you right now, wherever you are, whatever you're going through. Just put your hand up. There's no shame. Father, you know where all your people are. You know what's going on in life. We know what's going on in job. You know what's going on in marriage. You know what's going on in finance. Though there are some that need homes, some that need jobs, some that need new cars, some that need something fresh. But all of us need you. And I ask you to see the people who are, whose hands are raised, whose hearts are open, and minister life, and minister healing, and minister wholeness. In Jesus' name. Pray for Amanda Sharp right over here. Amanda Sharp's husband just passed away a couple of weeks ago. When was it? Arlene, Amanda and Arlene, I get them confused. Arlene, her husband passed away just a couple weeks ago. Would you just stretch your hands toward Arlene right there? Father, we just ask you to minister to Arlene right now and her daughter Amanda, husband David, the whole family. Lord, we need you to work and move in that family. We just break this assignment off of her, trying to extend that grief into relentless pain. Father, you said that grieving is for a moment, it's for a night, but that even joy will still come in the morning. Father, we ask you to just strengthen the joy of Arlene's heart and let your word work over her and in her. Bring healing. You said you'd heal the brokenhearted, bind up their wounds. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'm sorry I said Amanda. I, I know you, Arlene. God wants to do something great. Will you, get in, will you get in line and report for duty? Let's get to work, amen. Thanks for joining us at Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you.